trying to find my homily or spare for a second, it gives me a chance to thank these marvelous people and all of you who are my mentors. And as I thank God for the gift of life and service that's been given me, I thank them. If you look around here, we had all those cracks and so many things messed up in the church. And then God invented Father Kelly. And Father Kelly came here and all has changed. So we thank him wholeheartedly for a thousand other things. Now here's a quiz which will disturb some who thinks religion should be straight-laced. How many undergraduate chaplains are jazz drummers? Father Patrick. Our deacon Tim has become the har begun the Harvard Catholic Forum, which is already soaring. A series of lectures and things online. We can't thank him enough for that, and what a, what a joy. Now, I have to be careful what I say here because they're so close they could kick me. Now, they live elsewhere. They've gone on to higher things. They've left us behind in the dust. But uh, they used to kick me when I wouldn't get things. So I, but now I, uh, I don't get kicked, but I learn less. So what I gain at one end, I lose at the other. But the uh, uh, Father Westcott, uh, you usually saw him with a motorcycle and a master of pithy statement. And of Ronald Knox and a thousand others like Chesterton and much like that himself. And uh, Father Bill Murphy, Father Bill Murphy, to give you an inkling of him, he said about me what you're probably in, co in competition to achieve, but he's already bettered it, the funniest thing I ever heard. And do you know what that was? That was his, at his going away party. So the party was, if you will, about him, and he made statements about each of us. Uh, such a marvelous person, and like, like each of them. And then Father Savage, often reputed to be the finest homilist in the diocese, and uh, truly so, and has always uplifted us and almost been a joy. And so each of them are my mentors and, uh, and teachers, and, and so all of you. Your faith, your hope. With so many things difficult in your lives, things you have to face, it's the 10th anniversary of people who helped me, be, people who helped me begin the ministry at the business school in the class of 94. Tim and Elizabeth Belton lost their son George just 10 years ago. And, uh, and, and Joe Banovich, who's helped us in a million ways, uh, who's here today, they lost, they lost their son just uh, a few months ago. And so people with hope and faith holding up under such duress and difficulty, uh, it, it is a joy. Now, you probably know that outside the door, there's a famous institution known around the world. Is that fair? And Bartley's Burgers, Bartley's Burgers is represented by the, the chief of all, uh, Mrs. Bartley, who's in a blue coat. Uh, right, could you raise your hand, please? Uh, higher, higher, right there. She just had her 90th birthday. Right, so let's have another round of applause. Professor Marianne Glendon uh, of the law school is here. We're grateful for her and other professors from the from the med school and the uh, and the Oveskis from the med school and the and the um, uh, main campus, the Northwest Building. And if you ever go into the science center, you know the one they say they tell everyone looks like a Polaroid camera to people who've never seen a Polaroid camera. But you can find yourself into the center of the elevator right across. Is Greg Tusi, who's the busiest man on campus? He's ahead of 
chemical education undergrad and grad, and he's here with us today, and what a joy. And I think I missed other professors. I think of public health right here in front of us and others. Uh, we, it's an honor, there are several others, but it's an honor to have you here. And forgive me if my refraction has been a bad one in recent years. I better get going before they kick me again. Uh, it's a skeptical campus. Isn't it touching that we have our skeptic on the scene doubting Thomas? In a sense, he's there in place of all of us. He, the, the, when, first of all, when Christ came the first time, the disciples had fled him, abandoned him. Peter denied him. Later on, Paul would uh, be the great persecutor of the church. And is it not a remarkable thing that could never have happened? That is the Christian message because it comes from God and not from us. That it is St. Peter who's the rock of faith for the church and Paul the greatest evangelist whose letters occupy the New Testament. You couldn't make this up. It's impossible except not in religiosity, but in true religion which Christ came to establish here on earth. And so the remarkable joy that the apostles who made mistakes like us as we've made mistakes are forgiven. And they who must be quaking in their boots from seeing Christ again after they ran away in his time of greatest need are told instead, peace be with you. Is that not one of the deepest needs of the human heart, achieving peace of heart? And here at the center of the faith, Easter, this is the second Easter, is it not? If you're looking for a party, time for a party again. And that, the center of that, to have peace be with you at the very heart of that. And then, lest you think we're a fundamentalist group, but we're not, every Catholic college pretty much teaches evolution and Darwin, and yet at the heart of the faith, any, at the heart of the faith, we have a skeptic, Thomas, doubting Thomas. When you go into Lateran Cathedral, what do you see, the Pope's Cathedral in Rome? You see the saints larger than life in all, the, in, all the, uh, in all the niches, but one sticking out from the others. Why? Because his hand sticks way out with his finger. And that's Thomas the Apostle who wouldn't believe. But then after having been shown the proof, finally did. If you will, our men on the scene. And this is also, as you know, John's, John the, the Beloved's Pentecost. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. We are forgiven and we are also the power to forgive sins and we are also sent. And so are all of us. So are all of us. We are all sent. The, um, I wanted to think of a couple of people if we could. I think you know the way homilies work. I mentioned someone in my own life to try to get you to think about the ones in yours. Are, are you aware of that trick already? I've just told you now. And so I'd like us to think of our mothers. My mother taught me to read at a very early age. I wasn't able, but because of her, I was. I think she was very cunning and wanted to keep me from running around all the time, which I always did. So very crafty adults are. You have to, you really should get help. I mean, people should have, kids should have lawyers just to compensate for what they, how uneven, how uneven the battlefield is. But she also taught me to pray and to prayer. And that was one more apt for today than anything I could ever come up with in a million years. Thank you, God, for everything. The founders of my order, Father Brisson and Mother Shep, we have visitation nun, and also Cardinal Mermelode, who was the one, the principal one who had wrote the outline for Leo XIII's right rerum novarum, concern for the working man. So at least on their account, the church did not lose the working man in the 19th century. Mother Shep, we had that matter of obeying God's will, but accepting God's will even in the moments, the things that come that seem difficult indeed. And then that prayer for my dear mother, keying perfectly into that in the religious order I joined. And that prayer being, thank you God for everything. Not easy to accept, 
We pray for each other through these troubles, the two I already, I already mentioned and many more as well. The poor people have to face, it breaks our hearts. But thank you God for every, everything, to see God's hand in the things that come to pass. My father taught me a great love of science, as did my mother. And uh, to give you an inkling of the, the, the size of it, when I was a kid in primary school, he said, Harlow Shapley is speaking down at Penn, the head of the observatory here in the astronomy department for many decades. He said, uh, so we had a fight because he wanted to give me money for a taxi. I said, I will go down on the sub. I'm a big boy now. You know, so he insisted I take. So I, I remember it all because I remember the fight. But years later, I was over in uh, Buckminster Fuller Cafe trying to figure out who taught, who was the thesis advisor for our, uh, Father Lemaitre. Father George Lemaitre is a Belgian priest who came up with the Big Bang, the expansion of the universe and so on. And uh, he, I was trying, he did at MIT, he did a thesis at Louvain, he did a doctoral thesis here at MIT. I was trying to figure out in Google, there in Buckminster, who was his thesis advisor? Do you know who it was? Harlow Shapley. So when I went to the well of the lecture hall at the end of the lecture with a little book my father had gotten for me by Harlow Shapley and had him autograph it. I shook the hand that shook the hand of Abbe Lemaitre. I looked up his life. Abbe Lemaitre died the day after I entered the seminary. It has never been proven that I was the cause of that. <laughs> However, the CLSA, the Catholic law students, are busily on the tail of that. They're busily trying to get that pushed through. Busily trying to get that pushed through. The oblates I learned about from my uncle across the street, my uncle's, my grandfather, a doctor, who died by then, who was their, their doctor, but everyone thought the world of them. My uncle taught them, said to me, they'll never talk down to you. The first five minutes I had of high school was the best I've ever heard of anyone. No time to talk about it now, but we'll talk about it some other time. In terms of the things that are curious that lead you in a path, I began high school, Vatican II opened, within 10 days of that was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Kennedy's talk that night, we were all scared to death. The next day, proof of it, at a boys' high school, no one went to lunch. Everybody went to the chapel. That's a superlative proof right there. And then as time went on, people dropped off from doing that. There's one person here who was too, too stupid to stop. <laughs> I simply did it all four years. And I really think that was a great help in my thinking about the priesthood. The other help was that I went to Cornell this summer, my junior, a magnificent physics teacher, and all the help of these, these uh, books at home. And he, uh, he helped write the new generation of physics textbooks post Sputnik and the decade after. And he would bring the, uh, the scripts to, uh, to MIT to develop the PSSC textbook, which was the, the best one in the, in the aftermath for the next two decades. And he, so I ended up out at Cornell for the summer of junior year, quantum mechanics, relativity, the courses there. You were supposed to teach yourself uh, calculus in, in, in a week, you know? So I was, like everyone here, it helps me appreciate people newly arrived here wondering what it's gonna be like. Uh, I was worried too, I was worried too. So having worn their moccasins, I, I understand their feelings perfectly. But here's the thing, Hans Bethe, who for the Manhattan Project was head of theoretical physics, will come into the room while we were waiting for class to start and sit in front of me and turn around and chat. I mean, where could you ever find such a thing? So physics seemed to be my metier, and the fact is, as a kid, you're always worried, well, what should I major in? And it seemed solved. I loved it, that was great, but I realized I wanted to do something more. And that priest and several others, Father Foley, as we can each tell in our lives, had a great effect on me because I thought about what they did in terms of helping people, and I wanted to do that too. And so I must tell you, people say, well, what was the cause that was? It was really just praying, and it was a pure leap of faith, finally. I thought it's what God wanted me to do, but I never heard a voice or anything of that sort.
And, uh, and I was worried it was arrogant of me to think of that. But I gave it the old leap of faith, and after 50-some years, the order hasn't thrown me out yet. <laughs> so I'm still here. But I've mentioned that to you. If you're thinking of taking a step, it's amazing but true that the world is so skeptical of people who want to do things, become missionaries or whatever, that no one wants to support them in the good. Everyone, lots of people will support you in evil if you want to thieve, thieve something here or something else. But if you want to do something good, people are often skeptical of it. And so one of the things we do as a community in the church, we support people in the good. And that is a remarkable thing. I think that's a remarkable thing. And it doesn't happen exactly all the time. I'm grateful for my order, and I'm grateful for every single one of you. Also, because I know of all the good that each of you do. I see you from all different angles as I walk around, from your coming to talk, and it's not an easy thing. But I thank you for all the good, the good that you do. A story. I was in the vestibule, and there was a fellow, big tall fellow, they used to kid him, what he's called him, the Benedict Cumberbatch lookalike. He was in the back, he was looking in the window, and I said, can I help you? And he said, yeah. He said, I'd like to go in, but I don't know what to do. So I said, well, do what I do. Whatever, when they stand, I stand. When they kneel, I kneel. You just follow things through. This is, this is the beginning, the first step to the RCIA. I'll tell you about the rest of the moment or later on. The, anyway, the, uh, uh, so we would chat, we'd do various things, and suddenly he came up to me and he said, uh, I want to go to a, a, a retreat house in, German, in, in Bavaria, who's really doing the PhD German. You know, that was the thing. And so I had a friend who got him a spot, and he became a Catholic there. And my friend said, he'll come up to meet my family. And he was a good singer, so he got him someone to play the piano. And he went back and married her with the monks as the choir. And then I hadn't seen him for a while, and he said, uh, I'm becoming a consultant. I said, that's awfully, uh, you're beloved as a historian, as a teacher. He said, no, uh, I've sent out 400 letters, got nothing. I said, well, can't you percolate? No, he said, I said, well, we have a little college, the Sales University, they just let someone go in your field. So he went down there, and there he was. He does AI now as well. Uh, but he then went back to Bavaria with his wife, and when the Pope, he named the kid Benedict, the Pope stole his name, Benedict XVI. He was amazed as a convert. And uh, he then began to research where Benedict was as his father tried to get away from the Nazis, the villages, and he wrote this book, Benedict Bavaria. Couldn't believe it. So that when the Pope came to the White House, he was on TV and radio, the expert, the expert on the papacy or on that particular Pope. Do you know what that means? Never be surprised what God's grace can accomplish. He came here with no faith. His parents had no faith. What's more, he was from California. But, <laughs> incredible. But God's grace is limitless, God's power. Different story. I went up and got a sick call. Now, all these people are far more important than I am on sick calls, so try to pray they don't kick me. Uh, went up uh, in the middle of a Sunday afternoon, and uh, I'm going in, and they're saying, you here for Catherine Brennan? Don't go in, Father. She won't know you. And I said, well, I'm going in anyway. And someone else said the same thing, Catherine. So I'm going in anyway. So I go in up the elevator, and the nurse's station said, where's Catherine Brennan? Oh, Father, she won't know you. Don't bother. I said, I'm going in anyway. Give her the last rites. She said, oh, Father, she won't know you. I said, I'm going in to see her. Where is she? So I go to see her, I go, she's lying, I don't know if she's uh, asleep or what, but I get talking, of course that would scare the hell out of anyone, so she wakes up. So she, uh, she wakes up, and I get talking to her, she's lovely. She says, lovely. oh father, how are you? And uh, she, so we get talking, she brings the bed back up, and uh, we're chatting away, and, uh, and then I give her absolution, anointing the sick, uh, communion, final, you know, going forth. I said, well, God loves you. You're going home to God. Oh, yes, Father, I know. Big smile. And uh, God loves you very much. Oh, yes, Father, I know that. 
And uh, at that point, the demolition derby came through the door. The people who said she was gone, they came through. At that point, she sits up in bed, points to me, smiles beatifically and says, oh, he's just given me the last rites. He's just given me the last rites. The point being, let us not get in the way of God's grace coming to any of us. To get our kids baptized, to take people to church, to invite other people to church, if we have enough hope. It's amazing the great things that God would like to do for all of us and does at all times. I started, uh, just to show you, when you look around at the priest here, you're not looking at the intelligent one, I'd option for several fellowships but pick Yale. Now, can you imagine? For, for a biovision. And so I went there, and uh, it was an honor for various reasons. My advisor was the sender from Lord Rutherford. That was a great honor. Uh, then uh, New Provincial said, it's too long, get, send me to Rome for ordination. Came back, and it was, uh, I was here at the medical school, and I lived at St. Paul's. And that was a blessing because Father Bowles was such a marvelous, Bishop Bowles, uh, like the priest here, such a marvelous priest and such a marvelous mentor to have him come from theology as the first pastor that I had. That has been one of the great and lasting blessings in my life, as well as knowing the priests here. And it made indeed all the difference. It made all the difference. Um, it seems fitting if you're going to be a graduate chaplain to have had to do grad school twice. Uh, it seems it really teaches you all the things that go wrong to be helpful as a mentor. St. Francis de Sales, half of Cardinal Newman's study is a chapel of St. Francis de Sales. St. Francis de Sales said, be yourself and be that well as an honor to the master craftsman who created you. I walk around all the time, and many of the students are thinking of leaving, especially when they get there. Here they think they're a mistake made by admissions, or they've overlected too many clerks in the parking, and I'm always talking to them into staying, whatever, it'll all work out, and it does. I meet other people, I walk, they see me enough, and they get chatty, and they say they're thinking of suicide. And different years I come up with different things. This year, I was just mentioning a month ago from the pulpit that the thing I've come up with at the moment is trying to be serious, because it's a comic line, trying to be serious and say, well, you know, you don't have to commit suicide to have a happy life. You don't have to commit suicide to have a happy life. And they were thinking of doing exactly that. Pause, 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 and then we both break up laughing. And it blows them out of that particular rut. So I said that here a month ago. And someone sent me an email. And she said, oh, Father, I'm so glad. Uh, you told, I was thinking of suicide, you told me I don't have to do that. If you, don't, if you know enough people, you can recognize that utter simplicity of someone just needing to be heard in their emotions, their isolation, their worry, their shame, their difficulty, whatever. And the matter of doing what Catherine of Siena says, reaching out to each other is at the heart. She said, God told her once, I never give all the virtues to any one person. Give faith to this, charity to another, humility to this one, courage to another, so that you will all need each other, and you will each be my helpers and servants to each other. And that is what you have all done in supporting the Harvard Catholic Chaplaincy in St. Paul's, like the people who built this beautiful church. You have given us a chance uh, to learn to love God better, and to come together and to share. The middle window over there is of St. Augustine. Next to him is his grad teacher, St. Ambrose. He went to listen at first for the beauty of Ambrose's speech, who was honey-tongued, thus the beehive below it. And then he came to realize the truth of it, and he studied the faith. And on April 24th, he was 
baptized in Milan Cathedral on April 24th. What date? He was baptized in Milan Cathedral. It is an honor to share this date with Bonica and with Ambrose and with Augustine. Ten years later, he looked back on his life and he was utterly touched by the way of God's providence that the faster he ran away from God, faster still God ran after him to catch him and bring him home to himself. And he wrote that incomparable line at the beginning of the Confessions. You have made us for yourself, O Lord. Our hearts shall ever be restless until they rest in you. And if you look at the window, what is he holding in his hand? Do you see the red there? He's holding the human heart. You've made us for yourself, O Lord. Our hearts shall ever be restless until they rest in you. It's a quote that my mother taught me. We learn the faith at our mother and our father's knees. I'm very grateful for that, and I'm grateful for each of you. I'm grateful to God. I shall praise you with my tongue. I shall praise you with my lips. I shall praise you with my heart and all my strength. May by. May my whole being ever cry out, Lord, there is none like you. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.